Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back to Wells Tech, everybody. This is episode 707. That's 707. We're recording on August 28th, 2023. My name is Martin Spriggs, and this is a show about technology and ministry and where those two intersect. Helping me do that as usual, Sally Draper from beautiful North Mankato. I'm assuming it's beautiful today in North Mankato, Minnesota. <laughs> hey, Sally. It- it is beautiful today. Good morning, Martin. And yeah, it's not 118 degree temperature feel outside today. So that's a wonderful day. Um, God last bless. week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I grew up in the South, to be honest. I'm way too acclimated to the North. And those 100 degree days just really take it out of you. But blessings to my family and friends in the south who've yeah. been living with it forever i was I trying so. to remember if how how close this was i lived in south carolina for about five years and how close that was last week to what i felt down there and it boy it felt worse i'm not yeah you know whether that's just my body you know used to the north now or not but uh that was uh something to be survived for sure for sure. So um, you mentioned intersection of technology and ministry, and that's exactly why we're reading this book and why we're planning for a new podcast, Martin. Sometimes it's kind of easy to lose sight of that, but mm-hmm. it's it's everything that we do is is to proclaim Jesus, and, and we want to do it the best we can. So we've yep. been doing that by reading Tech Like a Pirate this summer. Yeah, Matt Miller is the author. Um, one of my likes and you know in the like column for this book is its simplicity and its timeliness where he is taking today's tools and he's got an associated website that uh, kind of keeps things up to date and uh, but the chapters and we're finishing the book today uh, the chapters that we're talking are kind of talking about today are kind of timeless where he's talking about some foundational stuff and trying to Kind of keep things going. He's addressing the fear that I think almost every teacher has that, boy, this is a lot of extra work or I'm going to fail or I mean, he lists a whole bunch of things that are that are right on that, that I think are fears that teachers have as they're trying to bring this kind of stuff into the classroom. Yeah, I think of someone techie, your your tech resource in your school is enthusiastic about some new tool and presents it to you and tries to lay it out in a great way so that you see the pluses of it and the things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And yet you're sitting in a an enrichment session being overwhelmed, being right. told you need to do one more thing on your teacher plate. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt's wise for for putting it out there because I think we all have that, just like you said. And he's not running from that. He put a whole chapter in here called Slaying, where he wants to slay all those doubts. And he basically wrote you a pep talk for doubts and overwhelm and blocks of creativity and all kinds of things where you can go to those specific things that you're struggling with 
and get encouragement and understand that you don't have to do things perfectly or that you don't have to do all the things at once, whatever yep. your challenge might be. Yeah. One of the quotes that I highlighted, Sally, was you said, when you commit to developing your skills little by little, you'd be surprised at how quickly those creative capacities improve. And I think I've tried to apply that and I've tried to encourage others uh, on the team and, and those teachers and pastors that I talk to is, you know, don't bite off, you know, these big chunks, just a little by little, take it and see how it goes. And, um, you know, be honest with yourself about how much you can and can't do. And I think that's what he's saying here too. Um, just, just get going, try it, learn, repeat, um, see what happens, see how God blesses it. Yeah. I wrote down, I'm qualified and willing to be brave. Kind of thought of Joshua going into the promised land, like mm -hmm. just, just do it. Just go for it. Your best friend, Jesus, your brother is right there with you. And there's nothing that can touch you. You're his and you can try things with freedom. So. Yeah. One of the interesting phrases that I hadn't heard before in this chapter was what he calls the perfect day uh, and how you recover the next day when the next day is not <laughs> as perfect. Mm -hmm. So that perfect day being, you know, that you've started it, you're excited about it, you know, things are going well, and then, and then they don't or you lose motivation or you don't have the time the next day, or you've, 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 you've set yourself a goal and you're, you're on a good streak so far and you're, you're doing all the things that you plan to do and then something happens. And then now he calls that kind of the critical day, that next day after the perfect, you know, that streak has ended when you're not on that role anymore. And, um, it was a quote I highlighted. He said it according, according to Acuff, John Acuff, which is a book that he's quoting, taking the first step is much easier than dealing with the day after perfect. The day after perfect comes when you hit a snag. Your perfect streak of days without a mistake comes to an end. That's a dangerous moment. That's when you lose your momentum and the whole thing can grind to a halt. It can bring an end to your best laid plans. I think that happens with productivity uh, approaches and, and all the things that you're trying to improve your ministry with. And then all of a sudden, you know, life hits you and you go off the rails. Yep. I was thinking exactly that. Boy, this chapter applies to everybody. We all have right? those challenges. Yeah. I've I personally have been trying to learn how to walk again, you know, mm -hmm. after um, a bout with paralysis in the springtime. And I have a little sticker on my screen that says, how many days since I fell down last? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I want that perfect um, yep. stretch to continue. I really don't want to fall again. And so, um, but what happens in that moment when you do fall, literally or figuratively, you know, is what makes the difference. It's getting mm -hmm. back up and not being afraid, um, qualified and willing to be brave yet again. Right. So, very and true. And that's in this section he was talking about momentum and how easy it is to lose it and how important it is to get it back. And and that applies here to tech like a pirate where, you know, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, there's going to be bad days that hit. And, you know, it's it's what you do with that that, that, that counts. And it's... 
there's a lot of stuff going on in a classroom and to try and implement some of these things, um, you know, it is not easy. Right. And, it has uh, to be well thought Fortunately, out. he makes it, I, I think he's given some great resources. And another nice thing is he's using tools that maybe a lot of our teachers are already using. It's not that you have to learn a lot of new things. It's just kind of thinking about different ways you can use existing tools, especially like Google Docs and Slides and you know, those kinds of things are, um, and other similarly fairly easy tools to use. He's not talking about learning, you know, that's going to take, you know, a month, two, five months just to, to learn the tool. These are things that are fairly easy to pick up. Yep. And you mentioned it earlier. Um, there's a pretty amazing companion section of his website, Ditch That Textbook, that's dedicated to tech like a pirate. It's ditchthattextbook.com slash tech L-A-P for like a pirate mm -hmm. and loaded with resources. We've been highlighting them as we go through the book, but to look at them top down, all the things that he's built in there and and examples that you can just take and modify to fit your circumstances. That's a really great way to get started. And the yep. page just goes on and on and on with all those kind of things. So do take advantage of that for sure. One final quote, and this is from the last chapter, the wrap-up chapter where he's talking about uh, taking the maverick teacher pledge. Um, we'll explain that in a second. But he quotes uh, Plutarch. Uh, wrote centuries ago that education was not the filling of a pail, but rather the lighting of a fire. Um, and I think that really, um, that goes for both teacher and student, you know, as you're, as you want to get into more of this stuff, it, it's more, um, just kind of the, the passion and the drive and the motivation to do these things rather than I've got to learn all of this stuff from A to Z before, you know, good things are going to happen. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Right. Sometimes good things really surprise you and just kind of take mm -hmm. off on their own and, and yeah. you just, you just get it sparked and, and away they go. Um, yeah. Reminded me of spreading the gospel, Martin, there's so many connections. So right. Anyway, um, yeah, back to that Maverick teacher pledge. I thought this was super cool what he did here, and I'm pretty mm -hmm. on to him as far as uh, the technology he used. Uh, let's see if I can share my screen one more time. Basically, he put together a Google form. He has you um, read through the Maverick teacher pledge, which is basically just committing to the best of your abilities to identify things that are ineffective and find better ways and brainstorm new ideas, et cetera, et cetera. Ending with refuse to dwell on failure, constantly finding ways to do better next time. And if you agree with that, you can put your name and date and email address in. And um, he asked optionally for where you're located, just out of curiosity to see where people are, but it basically will generate a, a, certificate for you that you mm -hmm. can hang up in your classroom that reminds you of, you know, your commitment to trying new things and not being afraid of failing and stuff, which is pretty cool stuff. There's ways to do that with different plugins with Google Forms right. to take the information that's submitted and, and integrate it into a document and send it off as a PDF or whatever. I'm actually doing that right now. All you Minnesota District Teacher Conference people might recognize the fact that we do that as you register. And that's um, something that I set up with Google Forms. And I think that's as, 
um, a great example of how you can do creative things with yeah, some of those again, tech tools. Not hard to do. Yep. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Perfect. Um, fortunately, uh, we were able to talk to somebody, a teacher in the field who had read this book and put it into practice, or at least pieces of it, a former student that I taught in enhancing ministry with in my enhancing ministry with technology class, Donovan Wiggy, who is the fifth and sixth grade teacher and technology director at St. Peter's in Wyowega, Wisconsin. And um, it was more coincidental that uh, he picked this book as his final project, and he was gracious enough just a week before school to, <laughs> to join us and talk a little bit about his thoughts on the book and how he sees it playing out in his classroom, a, bitty, a busy uh, fifth and sixth grade slash technology director, not uncommon in, in our schools where you're wearing many, many hats and uh, to, to kind of gauge his appreciation for and maybe some tips that he pulled out of the book. So why don't we play that interview, Sally, and then we'll come back and, and talk a little bit more. Joining us today on Wells Tech is Donovan Wiggy from Wyoiga, Wisconsin. He is the fifth and sixth grade teacher at our church and school there. He's also the technology director. Thanks for joining us, Donovan. Really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Uh, as you said, I teach pleasure. In technology, and I'm excited to talk with you guys. Good. Introduce yourself to our audience a little bit. What you you know do a little bit more, a little bit more detail about what you do. Maybe your work history, um, some of your tech responsibilities, maybe. Okay, so I'm a 2021 graduate of Martin Luther College. Um, got the or got a one year assignment up to Eagle River, Wisconsin, teaching fifth through eighth grade up there. Got reassigned down here to Wyowega, fifth and sixth grade technology director. Love the different work that I get to do here. Um, I get really into a lot of the different technology infrastructure projects we have going on. Trying to do a lot more with um, instructional technology and including different things into the classroom. One of the big emphasis of the book we're kind of discussing today. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, was that something that you were comfortable with coming in? Did you have technology experience before uh, coming to teach there? So I had, um, throughout Martin Luther College, I had an educational technology minor that I worked with for instructional technology. Since then, I've begun and I'm in actually some of the final stages of the graduate studies program for technology director at MLC for educational administration. So I'm Actually starting work, just had a meeting earlier today on the field proposal project for looking at mentoring or the effectiveness of mentoring for technology professional development for teachers and other staff. So oh, that's cool. That's, that's cool. What's and involved with that? Mm -hmm. What's involved with that, Donovan? What um, did you talk about? So there's a, basically it's the field project for the, for the capstone project. There's a research-based project. So I'll have, um, some samples and participants that I'll work with on trying out different methods of professional development, seeing works what works best with an emphasis on through looking at and reviewing the literature, the effectiveness of using mentoring of more of a one-on-one -on -one basis to train other teachers and staff in technology, and then what works best through that. So lots of work awesome. yet to come on that project. Kind of that well, coach model, huh? Yeah. I'm excited well, to see how that all pans out here. 
in the early stages. We'll have to circle back with you once you're done with that to gain, yeah. gain that experience too. You were in my class, technology in ministry or enhancing technology uh, or enhancing ministry with technology. And the final project was taking a resource and kind of expanding on it and figuring out how this applies and uh, happens to be the same book that we're reviewing uh, this summer tech like a pirate. So we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you learned and maybe why that was something you wanted to use as your main resource. What was the draw of Matt Miller's book there to you? Mm -hmm. So I actually had several people recommend this book to me and I actually bought the book and it was sitting on my shelf on my reading list. So for one, it was something that I wanted to read. It was applicable for the project. But then after really digging into it, I found that the the book Tech Like a Pirate, it's a really, it's an easy read. It's not something that you're going to read and go, well, what does this mean? It's, it doesn't have super in-depth pedagogical language, which is great as a teacher and educator to find something that isn't, sometimes some of those, well, fantastic to read can also be um, kind of boggle you down and, well, I got to go through all this. And so this one has a lot of, a lot of practical examples included in it. Um different things that you can use in the classroom right away. They make a pretty big emphasis on how these are tools and suggestions, and there's many different ways just to change and modify them to meet your needs. One of the other things that I really enjoy about this book and kind of the whole tech like a pirate, teach like a pirate way that they've had in some of their other literature is there's an actual website that you can refer to. There's tons and tons of different resources out there for tools that you can use in the classroom, tools to enhance what you're doing. So the book not only gives you a a list of kind of, or lots of different practical ways to use technology tools in the classroom, but then more of a living document of here's other things that have come out since the book was written. Here's how you can use those tools, um, along with lots of examples. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Donovan, because I'm just blown away by the resources that are there. And, you know, sometimes you can learn about a super cool tool and you can see somebody demo it at a conference or whatever, but it's, it takes some creativity on the teacher's part, I think, to, to make up what to do with it, to, to come up with a concept to present it. And that's what Matt kind of takes away from, from, the burden, I guess, um, just the fact that he's got so many cool examples that you can, you know, springboard off of, even if you're not going to do it the same way. So I totally agree with you. That's that's a great, great thing about the book. Okay, so here you are on the cusp of a brand new school year. You've studied um, tech uh, like a pirate. And I'm, we're just curious, were there things about the book that just resonated with you that you're eager to implement in your own classroom this year? Mm hmm. Yeah. So one of the big things that they kind of, um, that Matt Miller emphasizes that was a starting point from the book, um, Teach Like a Pirate, was the whole teach an experience, not a lesson. Give the students something that they will look back at and remember. So trying to recreate more authentic lessons through the lens of technology, having that application in there is really a big thing. One of the things that I've, um, I got to do in my first year with a small class of class size of eight, but with 22, it was really difficult this past year, <laughs> um, was including like video projects and green screen application and more type of things like that that actually work with a different lesson. So I'm excited to 
try to ramp that up with larger class sizes and see how that works to get the tools and resources. Um, another one was continued use of collaboration. Something that a lot of these tools use big. I like that they, almost all of their practical examples work with Google Workspace, which is something we use in our school so that using Google Slides for collaboration, using, using things that get the students working with one another and not just sitting in their desks and, okay, here's information, remember it, retain it, but here's information, now go and do something with that information is really big. Good. Yeah, lots to choose from, right? Uh, it's, it's hard to, to zero it. You can't do everything, so you got to pick the, the low-hanging fruit, and I think uh, there's plenty of that in this book. So in our class, Enhancing Ministry with Technology, we made a concerted effort to talk about process and tool selection and, and not just kind of grab the next shiny object. How, did, how do you now approach tool selection and then the implementation in your classroom and maybe even down, on down to, and this gets back to your mentoring, how do you share it with your other faculty members at this point? How do, what does that look like for you in your, your school setting? Yeah, so I think a big thing with tool selection is to always remember that not every tool is going to work with every class. I've had things that I worked with in my first grade or first teaching assignment of four different grades, less students that I tried in a bigger classroom and didn't work. Um, I've had things that I tried in student teaching that worked once with one group and not with a different group that I worked with. So trying to remember as an educator that it's not always going to be 100% successful. You have to try different things. You have to adapt and modify based on the students, based on the class that you have. Um, trying to just remember that, trying to put yourself out there and say, I need to try these different tools and not to give up um, right when something doesn't work and to modify something works super well. As for the sharing of tools, just to keep talking with other educators, looking for teachers around you that might've tried something that works in the past, Finding as many different platforms to learn from is a big one. Um, mm -hmm. Sharing with other teachers is something that, well, going into my second year here, I hope to do a lot more with. First year always kind of gets like a, it's there and gone before you know mm -hmm. it. So something that I think in conjunction with my other project, I want to keep, keep working at more so of intentionally sharing different tools and figuring out what works at different grade levels as well. One of the things I get or I get the privilege of working with the third and fourth graders for about hour, hour and a half a week too on computers and tech specifically. So just trying different tools at different grade levels and continuing to build on those and looking at the resources. Excellent. So um, besides the book, are there other uh, sources and things that you rely on for educational technology in your school? So I kind of, well, I guess, Aside from the book, they have their blog and website, which is a great resource. Some of the other ones that I like to like to look at, one for big or one for me that's kind of big is just browsing the Teachers Pay Teachers page. Um, they've got tons of different resources out there, and it doesn't even need to be a you're going to go, you're going to find a resource, you're going to buy it. Even just if you're going through there saying, well, what different things are out there and available? How could I take some of these ideas that I've learned? and recreate them in my own classroom to fit what works with my students and what works at our school setting. So browsing those types of resources, whether it be actually finding something you like and purchasing it or using it and changing it and recreating something to fit um, 
my own classroom. Another one that I've found great for reviewing different sources is the Common Sense Digital Media platform page, mm-hmm. whether that be some of the different apps or um, websites that I plan to use. It gives a really in-depth overview of how it works and if that's something appropriate for what grade level before using it. So that's something that I always encourage you to check before implementing something in your classroom just to make sure it's grade level appropriate. And I guess the one other source that I like to rely on is the different different learning platforms and communities through whether it be the Wells Tech, um, the podcasts or the Facebook page. There's several different groups for technology educators out there. There's some just for educators and um, it's kind of hit or miss on certain days, but sometimes somebody will ask a question and you'll get lots of different answers, I guess. I haven't gone and posted any specific questions, but from the people that have, it seems there's a really good community of people out there willing to help and give different tools. Awesome. Appreciate the shout out. Uh, and loved having you in class. It was the first time I taught it. So I appreciate your uh, your patience with me and being a guinea pig. Uh, it was kind of fun to, to walk through some of these resources and see kind of what was uh, what resonated with different people because they they to- they chose totally different resources. And this was probably the most by far the most practical of all of them that I think you could take into a class and say, yeah, I, I want to do something in this area, you know, turn to this chapter and take a look at the, or go to that website page and look at those resources. So uh, it was, I appreciate you, you picking that resource. So also appreciate what you do there and uh, blessings on your second year in, uh, in ministry. Uh, sounds like you're off to a great start and uh, you've got uh, some of the kinks worked out probably from, from year one and you'll yeah. probably find new ones in year Lots two. To but, go to. Uh, blessing. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate you. Yeah, we're here in uh, the third week in or coming up on the third week in August. I'm sure you've got a few other things to do, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blessings on the school year. Thanks, Donovan, for joining us. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for much. having me. Yes. Our thanks to Donovan, especially the time of year that we asked him to come on. Uh, he he probably had uh, a to-do list of 20 or 30 <laughs> things, but uh, we added one more and he spent 15, 20 minutes with us talking about his experiences. And I knew he'd come through. He was excited to take on that book you know, for the final project in our class and uh, did a nice job in summarizing it for us. And uh, sounds like it's going to be a blessing to him in his, in his classroom. Yeah, I really appreciated all the resources he shared and just mm-hmm. want to highlight those and let you know that links to all these will be out on the Wells Tech website um, for you to easily navigate to them. He talked about Teachers Pay Teachers, which is a great place not just to shop for and spend money, but to just browse other people's ideas um, for teaching different topics and things. Uh, Common Sense Media, where you can get reviews and things of different um games, podcasts, books, TV, media that's directed at at children, but may or may not be exactly appropriate for them. Um, One Facebook group I wanted to point out, Martin, Technology Tools for Wells Teachers, which is exactly what it says, a group of tech-minded Wells teachers who uh, share ideas, can ask questions, and get lots of different feedback and stuff. So if you aren't part of that group, um, we'll have a link in our show notes for that. And then finally, I just wanted to tag on one more mention of Matt Miller's website, Ditch That Textbook. If you go to the main page, you can subscribe to getting his free teaching ideas. He has an excellent, um, concise, and well put together, just like all his other resources, um, email newsletter that you can um, get and 
you know, I don't subscribe. To, I'm pretty picky about what I subscribe mm-hmm. to, but his is definitely worth it. Just um, little tidbits and always linking to examples and follow-up articles and things that support ideas that he's sharing. So if you haven't yet subscribed, you may want to consider subscribing to ditchthattextbook.com. Excellent. Well, Sally, that's going to do it for this book review. Um, Tech Like a Pirate, as I mentioned, great resource. It is not just a a book that you kind of set on the shelf after done reading. I think you go back to this for ideas and inspiration and that fire, that spark, you know, that he was talking about. And I think that's uh, one of its greatest strengths that uh, here's stuff that you can actually implement, you know, the next day, the same day you know, in, in your classroom, if you have the, the inspiration and the place for it. So it was a good pick. Definitely. Speaking of picks, let's move on to our picks of the week. It's that time. And, uh, I'm going to say that after a lot of different, um, tools that I've tried out that I'm going to do what Matt encourages you to do and pick one and stick with it. And I am sticking with the tool Canva. I know we've talked about it many times on the show. There's lots of different options you can go with um, for uh, graphic design and things of that nature. And Canva just has a really professional interface. They have all the tools available to you. You can easily pick a template from them and and know that it's going to be really professional. One thing they've added recently is down here in the apps area where you can actually get an app called text to image and it will do AI creation of imagery for you um, just by typing in a description and kind of what kind of style you want and that kind of thing. I typed in dreamy tech in the elementary classroom And I got these different uh, images that I could make use of on my Canva projects. So it looks a little cartoony or whatever. This um, The one I'm covering up is actually an image that I used for a recent show that I generated with the AI there. But um, that's just one piece of the puzzle of Canva. It's very robust and it has lots of um, sizes and things already prepared for you if you're trying to do um, different types of imagery. It even has a website generator. And Martin, I noticed recently that our friend Grace Ungmach, um, her website is created with Canva. So here's an example mm. of someone that's using Canva um, for a very professional looking website and something that um, any of us would be proud to show as our website or whatever. And it's designed with Canva. And the way I can tell is it has my Canva site in the URL, but I do believe you can buy and associate domain names to your Canva website as well. So that's mm-hmm. just another thing that Canva can do for you. I think it's good for presentations and all kinds of things. So um, like I said, kind of following his lead and focusing on one particular tool, um, that's what I'm going to choose for my design needs moving forward is canva.com. Nice. I did not know they had that website option. I have to explore mm-hmm. that a little bit more. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. All right. My pick is not nearly as fun as yours. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back to password managers. <laughs> oh. And I'm sure there's there's many out there. Not many. I'm sure there's some out there that, that love this category of tools. <laughs> um, we've talked about password managers in the past. LastPass has had all kinds of problems. And that was kind of our recommendation and the thing we were using here in the Senate office for many years. 
we've switched after some of the breaches that they had. And um, the actual tool that we went with was a tool called Vault Warden, uh, which is an open source product. It has a paid for or uh, freemium uh, option called Bitwarden. You'll find that in the App Store and such. Um, the reason I'm recommending this uh, Vault Warden is that I'm, I know there are some out there who uh, have the the technical appetite to run their own uh, applications and servers. And Vault Warden is something oh, free, open source that you can install. Uh, on your own servers. It has a Docker image if you want to use that. And you basically have your own little password manager. And it's got all the same features as, let's say, LastPass has, uh, where you can share passwords, you can generate passwords. It also has pass key support, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, that's the new um, evolution of passwords is, is pass keys. We've talked about that in in the past. If you want or you don't want to install your own server, Bitwarden is the way to go, I think, um, or something to consider. And that is a paid for if you want to get some of the Teams sharing features, which is which is I think one of the kind of killer features within password managers is the ability to share passwords securely with maybe another member of your team, faculty, whatever. Uh, $3 per person per month, not a bad, um, uh, not bad functionality. And you get a lot of uh, additional features like emergency access and authentication, those kinds of things. Um, we'll have all the links in the, in the show notes, but if you're looking for a password manager and I would, I think I'd encourage staffs uh, with any number of people, if you, if you're sharing passwords or if you have a need to share passwords to have a centralized password management solution, Bitwarden or Vault Warden, which is the, the open source version might be something to consider. We've been on it. I don't know how many months now, Sally, three, four months, probably, uh, and and I, I have not uh, really seen a degradation or a, a lesser feature set than we had with LastPass, which was one of those name brand uh, password managers. So if you're in the market, Bitwarden or Vaultwarden would not be a bad choice. That's my pick. Excellent. Very good. I think that brings us to news and feedback. Um, and this week, again, it's kind of funny, Martin, I'm, I'm giving away all my secrets, but I don't subscribe to many newsletters. However, one that I do subscribe to is from our friends at Blueprint Schools. Um, you may remember that we had Dana Kirkhoff from Blueprint Schools on um, recently, and I believe her husband joined her and we talked about AI mm -hmm. um, and they had a a webinar about that and everything. Um, now they are doing some podcasting. It's kind of mixed in in their blog. And recently they did podcasting with Cindy Holman. Um, they said, Cindy shares seven ideas to help early childhood directors thrive in their role. And um, uh, Dana made a good point of pointing out that it's not just for early childhood directors, but um, if you shouldn't write this off. Um, 
There are many commonalities for leaders and teachers in all kinds of roles. Um, so it's important for understanding how to support early childhood directors and ministers of the gospel in general. So um, definitely give it a, a listen. Our friend Cindy Holman is a pretty amazing um, national director of early childhood ministries. So um, I know you won't be disappointed there. And it is, again, part of the Blueprint School's Blueprint blog. So if you haven't checked that out or subscribed to their newsletter, um, that's the place to go to learn more about what Dana is publishing and her team is working on. So check it out. Yeah, I would encourage you to, to subscribe as well. And a couple nice things I noticed about the podcast itself. It's fairly short. Uh, so they kept it you know, very focused with Cindy. And they also listed a number of the key points with timestamps, you know, right within the podcast there mm -hmm. too, saying, you know, at this point we talked about and at this time stamp we talked about, which is a, a nice reference tool. So well done. Like yeah. it. All right. Uh, that's going to about do it for this week. Uh, next time we gather, we're going to spend some time with the good folks at Tillum, Truth in Love to Mormons. And that will be something that uh, I'm looking forward to as they're using all kinds of media that they are going to share with us about how to reach out to, uh, in this case, Mormons, but all, all kinds of applications, I think, for outreach ministry that we're going to uncover as we talk with the good folks there. So tune in next time for that conversation. Sally, thanks for all you do. And I thank all of our listeners for their time and blessings as you try and uh, maybe tech like a pirate. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.